Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman and our next guest up, great to see you again, Richard Connolly of iCornerstone Inc. Welcome to Radio Entrepreneurs. Well, thank you, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be back. It's almost three years, but uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. So great to have you on the show again. I imagine you've been a very busy man, uh, given the economy and given what's going on. Why don't you tell our listeners what it is that your company does? Well, my company has a solution to the problems uh, homeowners have when uh, obtaining goods and services from the residential building and remodeling industry. I provide a comprehensive solution that actually benefits everybody, not just the consumer, which is something that really makes me different from anybody else in the business. So tell us a little bit about how the service works, because I know what you're what you're doing is you're essentially um, helping, uh, as you said, both parties or all parties involved. Um, but tell us a little bit about the mechanics of how how your platform works and, and why it benefits uh, both consumers and the trade. Sure. Uh, for the first time, to the best of my knowledge ever, um, everybody, all parties, including regulators, are unified in one place, which is my platform. And by doing so, everybody can see the uh, profiles of everybody else so that everybody knows what everybody else knows about everyone in the platform or in the network. That provides a level of transparency and accountability that simply doesn't exist anywhere else to the best of my knowledge. So the platform is a key thing. The second thing about the platform that is key besides the e-folios for regulators, homeowners, uh, subcontractors and professionals, there is a, an educational component and that is um, a research tool it's based on my book, which is called How to Avoid Building or Remodeling Hell. Um, I, I published that book many, many, many years ago. I updated I, it. I think there's probably many, many occupants that are living there. <laughs> yeah, there probably are. And uh, Jonathan, I updated it, of course, for the platform, and there was very little to change. Uh, nothing has changed. And this is a problem that goes right back all the way to uh, the ancient Greeks when Pericles is uh, building uh, the, the, you know, the, the city on the hill. So it's, it's something that has been going on. It's an ancient problem, but I think I have a modern solution. So tell us a, a little bit about the, the, is there something unique within this industry or is it just that the average homeowner has very little uh, knowledge? And so historically it was a, a uh, industry wherein, you know, tradespeople had the upper hand, so to speak. Um, you know, it seems like we've got a, a significant supply and demand issue in today's marketplace. We've got lots and lots of people who seem to have unlimited uh, amounts of renovations to do in their homes and limited supply in terms of uh, contractors who are uh, even responding to, to homeowners, uh, a level of frustration. Yeah, well, that, that's um, what you're pointing out, of course, is the economics of the industry, which is uh, up and down and tends to be cyclical, although um, this cycle seems to be much longer than any other cycle, and this is an up cycle. It may have to do with the fact that people are home more often now because of uh, uh, COVID and uh, want to do things in their houses that they might not have thought of uh, doing before, home offices, basements, uh, separation of uh, uh, rooms instead of having the open concept, which everyone's uh, favoring so much. So that's, that's part of it. Uh, one of the um, mitigating factors should have been the incredible rise uh, in the price of lumber. And I don't mean a small amount of money. I'm talking three to four times the amount of um, uh, for lumber products in, in all wood products in a period of less than a year. That has come down somewhat, but it hasn't returned to pre-pandemic levels. And you would think that those increases, which add no value whatsoever to the cost of the project, it's simply a price. You still have um, a room at the end of it. <laughs> you still, right. They add no value whatsoever to, uh, to the project. You would think that um, the there would be fewer people doing work because of that, but that has not been the case. People are just simply going ahead and doing their projects regardless, 
And I just shake my head in wonderment and I say, how can that be? <laughs> but they do. Yeah, it, it, it really is amazing uh, when, when you stop to think about it. And I think uh, drive down, walk down any residential uh, street and you see uh, tradespeople at, at many of the homes. And this yeah. has been, as you said, a phenomenon that's gone on for so long. I think we have a secondary aspect, which is we've seen obviously a uh, big housing boom, uh, not only in this area, but I think across the country in this area in particular, um, and you pick almost any town, there's renovations going on on every block. Uh, yeah, and, there and is. Teardowns. <laughs> in, uh, I live in Weymouth, which is a, uh, a modest community, uh, and I'm certainly not uh, understating what I think of my community, but I've seen teardowns in, uh, in, in Weymouth. Um, I grew up in South Boston, and uh, that has changed quite a bit, and I've seen teardowns there too, which is, to me, the equivalent of the fall of the Soviet Union. I mean, I never thought I'd see such a thing happen in my lifetime, and, and, and yet here it is. So, so I guess one of the dynamics that play in the marketplace, and it seems to me as a, uh, a consumer, as a, as a homeowner who's been out searching for services, again, back to the supply and demand question, it seems to me that um, many of the trades have looked to go what I would call upmarket. Um, why come in and fix a toilet or a washing machine when I can uh, build a new home? Um, and so do we have a bifurcation in the marketplace where we've got a lot of guys who are guys, gals, companies who are looking to, you know, strictly deal with large projects versus what many homeowners demand, which is somebody for a day, somebody for a half day, um, you know, solve my problem. Um, it, it's difficult for me to say, because uh, as you pointed out, new housing is really driving the market and new housing tends to be in clusters where you have neighborhoods and so forth. There are builders who will buy a single lot and they'll, uh, they'll build on it. There are builders who will uh, tear down properties and, and build on it. Um, how much of the market that particular uh, service represents, I, I, I have no clue. What I do know is that uh, there's a lot of remodeling going on. And I am fortunate that every project I ever did in the, in the history of my company beginning in, in 1988, I have in almost subatomic detail, all of the costs of every projects I, I have been involved with so I know to the penny what they cost. So a project in 1995, I know exactly how much it cost. And when I adjusted for inflation, and this is really an amazing thing, um, the cost of a project, uh, let's say uh, uh, $50,000 in uh, 1995, that same project, if you adjusted only for inflation and nothing else, would be roughly 75% um, more. And yet when you look at the rise in uh, home values during that period, during that 25 year period, that's about 125%. So it seems to me that you're much better off, instead of building a new house or buying a new house, you're much better off making the house that you have work uh, for you, because over time, it's a, it's a good investment. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. Return on investment seems to be there. Um, so what? Uh, give, give us uh, a little bit without uh, digging too deeply into your platform, the value to the consumer, um, value to uh, um, contractors, and how. We, uh, and, and then I, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your experience as an entrepreneur, um, because that's <laughs> sure. what we're all about at Radio Entrepreneurs. It's as you sure. said, 1988. You're you're in it for a long time. It's yeah, been fabulous. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you've brought a lot of value to the marketplace. What have you learned from those lessons? What lessons do you take away from uh, from the process? So well, sort of I, learned, I learned in the Coast Guard that uh, smooth seas make for poor sailors. <laughs> so what I what I have discovered is that uh, I've worked for a lot of very difficult people over the years, and um, I've discovered that it's not about building and remodeling at all. It's about relationships. And oftentimes, contractors and homeowners 
enter into relationships about which they know very little of the other party. And therein lies the problem. They don't know how, and no business operates the same way um, as in, insofar as payments are concerned um, and what they provide and don't do. And that is a major problem because that's a communication problem. So what the platform is attempting to do is to eliminate any misunderstanding you, the consumer, will have about hiring a contractor because you will know everything about that person's policies and procedures as it relates to their running of their business. You'll also have all their references there and you'll have their insurance certificates there. And these are things that you can on your own investigate so that you feel comfortable with the decision you're making before you actually contact the contractor and say, I'd like you to be part of my project network. So I'm able to network everybody involved in the project in one place and the consumer is the one that is driving communications. And the consumer is the one that is saying who will see what. The consumer says who I want in my network and who I don't. I can view anything that I want, but I don't necessarily have to uh, have a person uh, be in my network, even though I viewed their profile. So that alone is singular. The research part of the uh, platform is singular. And then the other thing that I do that I think is uh, so unusual is I have actually found a way to standardize the language of all of the various trades, including um, uh, carpentry, painting and everything. And by standardizing it and attaching to each piece of work, a metric such as lineal feet, square feet, cubic yards and so forth, I can then attach a rate. If I attach a rate, I can have one rate for everybody. And so what I am now able to do, because I have a past history with all of these contractors that I work with, I, I know their rates going back several years. And if they want to adjust them, they can. But if the homeowner wants to bid the work out, which I actually require them to do to people that I don't know, to prove to them that I don't steer business to anybody, the system is wide open. Um, they can then have an equal comparison because everything is predicated on a metric. What's beautiful about that is that when you make these specifications, these labor and material specifications specific to a room or an area, I can then include or exclude anything that I want and automatically adjust the cost of the project without any additional work. So the consumer controls the budget, which is not what happens typically when a general contractor is involved. Hmm. So really fascinating. I can see what you what, where you say uh, we're really bringing transparency um, and and uh, also um, uh, standardizing language. And I think for for many consumers, many homeowners, it's probably one of the biggest challenges. Is you know that it's it's gibberish in in many it's cases. It's gibberish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's frustrating because um, uh, they use jargon and all that. And and um, I'm an accomplished writer. I I don't feel immodest saying so. Um, and I used to teach English and I used to teach uh, journalism and I used to teach writing in college and communications uh, is extremely important to me and my goal is to make sure that what I say is understandable to the consumer and of course the contractor. Wonderful. So uh, again, that's a win-win. So have you found um, in this marketplace where contractors are so busy, um, and we talked a little bit before we came on air about uh, response rates, um, are, are you finding that contractors or because you've had them on your platform for, for so long are willing to engage or uh, is there less interest because they're so busy? Well, I'm fortunate that I have a relationship and that's what it's all about. I have a relationship with a lot of contractors who Love the way that I work because when uh, the consumer hires me for the project, I say to the contractors, I'm working for you now. And I'm this liaison that's right in the middle. So I do all the bookkeeping for them. 
The specifications that I developed that are so precise serve as invoices. I make sure that they're paid. I don't approve of payments, but I certainly review them with contractors. So he never has more into the project than he has payment and the homeowner never has more into the project um, uh, than, than payment and work also. So it's an equal relationship and it's fully balanced. My experience, however, with contractors is this um, unwillingness or this, uh, shall I say, indifference to consumers is historic. And in 2011, I published an article in the Boston Globe about getting three bids. This is about as bad as it is that time of the, uh, uh, in 2011, uh, the Great Recession was well underway. And I turned it into a research project. I contacted 150 subcontractors. And of that number, I got a, only a 10% response rate. And wow. it's shameful. It's really, really wow. shameful. I mean, you're desperate for work. I have great projects. I've done all the work for you. All you have to do is say yes or no, and they won't even respond. So uh, I did the same thing uh, subsequently on Angie's List, and I had the same exact response rate of 10%. So it makes you wonder what it is about this industry that they can be so indifferent to the very people upon whom they rely for their income. It's something I will it, never understand. It's something I'm trying to do something about. I, I wonder how much of it is just it's not, the, it, 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 it's not in their training, not in their development, not in their background to really focus on the customer, even though they want to focus on it. Because I think a lot of tradespeople look at themselves to some degree as artists, right? I'm creating something, I'm building <laughs> something. I'm, 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 and, and perhaps, you know, they're business people too. And you have to recognize that. And I think maybe that's something that not consciously people don't don't think about, but you know, so busy running to job to job to job, estimate to estimate. Uh, I don't have time to get back to additional people, but recognizing that you have to have all that cycle fulfilled uh, to have a successful subcontracting business. Yeah, you, you're not wrong in anything you said. There's there's an interesting um, uh, point there that um, one way that they don't have a lot of time. About thirty percent of the time contractors have is dedicated to um, getting new work. Um, picking up the phone is pretty easy as far as I'm concerned. That's the easiest thing to do, but they're, they're chasing around it. Maybe referrals, which are the gold standard, great. I, I have no uh, quibble with that. The problem is they cannot do what I do as far as uh, specifications are concerned. They're not detailed. So they have bidding uh, or estimating uh, programs. And the idea behind those programs is to cast the largest net for the, for the least number of fish. And that's how it works. It saves them time. So they don't want to be accurate. They say, well, if I get the job, I get the job. It doesn't matter. I can cast a very large net and I'll, and I'll have work. And I think that it does uh, a disservice to the, uh, to, to the contractor and to the consumer working in this manner. I think one agency ought to be responsible for the accuracy of the work and to describe it in such a manner that everybody can use it and benefit from it. Well, it sounds like you're that guy and it's, uh, you've done wonderful work <laughs> I, I in terms so. of building it and uh, wish you continued success with it. Thank if so if uh, uh, either homeowners, consumers, and or subcontractors want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, they can call me at 781-534-0277 and they can be guaranteed that I will answer that phone myself. And I, I've, I've answered the phone on vacation in Europe and in, in, in Grula or places like that. I answer my phone and I respect the contractors and I respect the public. Wonderful. It's been a pleasure having you back on Radio Thank Entrepreneurs, you so Richard much. Connolly. Yep. Our guest has been Richard Connolly, founder of iConerstone. And uh, we'll be right back with another segment on Radio Entrepreneurs.